to share by way of testimony God's response to that expression of faith and believing and how quickly God moved. Would you guys? So the Lord was sharing with me on Sunday morning last week that he felt pretty clearly to me concerning saying that, Dan, I'm getting ready for summer school again. Summer's coming your way, and I'm preparing your heart for it, but and I wasn't sure what that was, and then uh, Dave preached this message, it's called The Prodigal Son, and um, both my parents, they came forward to pray for my sister, and uh, I prayed with them, and they went behind them, and I just felt the Lord saying it had to be with my sister, and so as they stepped out in faith, I stepped out with them, and we began praying believing and, and saying from heaven that uh, God was going to do something new. And um, I felt it inside me uh, to share with uh, a brother from uh, King County uh, way back in high school, Eugene King County. But uh, he came up to me and he said, hey, man, I've been uh, thinking about your sister these last few days. She's been heavy on my heart. And uh, I said, man, that's funny because I don't know her well. So I'm laying there, I fall asleep, and 15 minutes go by, and I, I know it's just a dream because I look at my clock, and I got uh, woken up suddenly, just wide awake, um, and heard the Lord say, all right, here we go, get ready. And uh, moments later, my mom, she walks downstairs, and um, you guys know me and my wife are really good friends, we're my parents, and uh, she walks downstairs and says, hey, Courtney, get your coat on for us. Some coffee and some lunch or something. Do you want to come in? And uh, I already knew what this was about because the Lord had been preparing me with that yesterday um, all morning. And uh, but I didn't want to hear it at all. Some of you might know some people like that. Be the way that you find them. But I didn't want to because, like I said, I don't sleep unless I'm in it. So uh, we'll see. And uh, I lay back down to go to sleep and finish my two-hour nap. And um, I'm laying there with my eyes closed. story and situation that my sister's in, and uh, there's this um, man who was dealing with a bully, and what he thought was like intimidating questions from the bully, um, and um, it, was, it was pretty devastating hearing this because my sister was like a piece of cake for that situation, and she shared it while this news on my way to Appleton, and just confirmation this morning from the Lord that this is where the Lord would have me headed, so I get to Applebee's, and my sister tells my mom, and I tell my mom and situation and uh, we ended up going here today and uh, we ended up getting that out and this is what Courtney was saying about my sister are eating and uh, I go inside and they call for Sunday morning staff and so as we stood in front of the table this morning um, the food was amazing and the food was amazing and the people were amazing and um, 
basically on the way home I used to go to church um, in the church that was where my um, adopted lady's house who had called me um, I think that was in Stockton when I was on the line which is pretty cool because I would go there and, and would talk to the people there and uh, I'd find out further information on this man who uh, had become a new everything and um, this man who took the contract with me and then I figured all this out and basically um, they say we want him we want to get him and I said alright man I'll give you 50 cents yep
matter the difficulty. Chris and I heard testimony this week of an absolutely impossible situation in the area of finances. God, He owns the cattle on a thousand hills, and He owns the hills also. The psalmist, we sang it, the psalmist said, I lift my eyes up. Psalm goes on to say, unto the mountains. Then he asks a rhetorical question, where does my help come from? My help comes from you, maker of heaven and earth. Maker of heaven and earth. God is our help. And he will always come through. Always. In this impossible situation, miraculous kind of stuff, the body of Christ moving, and I am I am talking about things that are insurmountable. may be thinking, yeah, but you don't know my circumstances. You don't know my situation. You're right. I probably don't. I may not, even if I do know your circumstances, I may not understand. But I know the one who does. And he is faithful. And my God will come through. Always. Always. So with testimony, with faith, invite you to stand as we go to the Lord to pray this morning. And we are going to believe God for the miracles that are needed in the house of God this morning. Will you pray with me? Mel. Yes, Mel. Okay, you guys know Mel Jensen. My wife and I have been praying family members that I don't even know. Some way, because most of them are in Montana or other places, Oregon or Washington, and I've not met some of them. My prayer has been, and this is according to God, His statement of saying, you pray in the will of God, and it will be accomplished. My prayer has been for unseen kids that I don't know, that they would come to know Jesus as Savior and be truly born again, and somehow we would make contact. Through my wife's youngest son on Facebook, he contacted a young man by the name of Dane Jensen. I knew of Dane 20 years ago. I never met him. He's now in his late 30s or early 40s, and believe it or not, and his wife and children came to my home yesterday. Come on. And what a joy. We're talking about the Lord and his goodness. He is faithful. Come on. Amen. Praise the Lord. And in Christ, amen. And so, Lord, we cry out. We are asking, God, that you would move on behalf of your children. Thank you that you are already moving. You are already working. You are causing all things to work for the good of those who are the called in Christ Jesus. And so, Father, circumstances, situations, difficulties, hardships, heartaches. Lord, some that are beyond our comprehension. Lord, thank you that you know, that you care, that you hear our cries. Lord, even when we do not know how to pray or what to pray, even with groans and moanings, Lord, your spirit interprets that and you hear our hearts. Your word says that you come down to deliver your people. Father, thank 
deliverer, that you are always faithful, no matter what is transpiring. Our God will come through always. That which is impossible with man is possible with God. All things are possible with God. And so, Lord, by faith we simply present our requests, our supplications. With thanksgiving we say, thank you, God. Thank you, God, that you are in charge and that we are not. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, all anxieties, all fears, may they be banished in the name of Jesus. And by faith, Father, we stand and we ask for your miraculous, miracle-working power that, God, you would cause all things to work according to your purpose. So, Father, be glorified. We pray for more lost sons and daughters to come home, to be born again. We pray for prodigal sons and daughters to come home, to be re, just reconnected with you, reconnected with the family of God. We pray, God, for all needs to be met. In Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people said a strong amen. Amen. Will you look at your neighbor this morning? Yeah, let's give it up for the Lord first. Come on. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Will you look at your neighbor and say, God is faithful as you're being seated. You can hug someone. God is faithful. Pastor Dennis. being seated, I'm going to invite the ushers to come as we prepare for our tithes, our alms, and missions. I love giving to the Lord because He's given so much to me. I cannot add a word to Him in any of the areas of my so this morning, we're just going to say, let's be faithful in our giving, this time of worship through giving, and also put in the in the bucket your praise report or your prayer request so we can pray for those as well. And Father, thank you that you, the text says that you own the cattle on a thousand hills, and you own the hills, you own us all. May we be good stewards and faithful stewards and give generously.
in the wee hours of the night when you're troubled, you're Lord, and you're faithful. And we ask that you would just give us peace as we continue in this time, that you would bless the remaining participants, that we'd love you and give you thanks in your Son's holy and precious name. Amen. God's word should be paramount in our lives. Amen. Amen. Uh, last weekend, we had our all one uh, men of valor conference. It was awesome. We had about 200 guys coming together uh, for breakfast to hear the word of God. Uh, and it was, it was just a great time. And, and the word of God was taught and taught and the men were encouraged. But we did something at the men of valor conference the weekend of or five weekends past. In years past, we've had what we call uh, a 90 day grow your faith challenge. 90 days through the New Testament on the book of the Old Testament. And we've done that for a few uh, years here at Hillcrest. But a few months ago, the All One pastors got together, the pastors of North Platte, and we came together and said, how cool would it be if the entire church of North Platte, uh, both on the east side and the west side of 205 and the Milwaukee, Gladstone, Happy Valley area, what if we all came together, all of our churches doing this Grow Your Faith Challenge 90 days through the New Testament? All the pastors were like, this is a great idea. We need to do it. So we announced to the men uh, at our All One uh, Men of Valor Conference that starting on Father's Day, what a good day to do it. Dads leading our families uh, in 90 days through the New Testament. And it all culminates with the All One uh, community-wide worship service. But all these churches are going to be reading through the New Testament over 90 days. We've created a Facebook page. There's going to be uh, bi-weekly or tri-weekly videos from all the different pastors giving encouragement, giving devotionals on really what the Lord is doing as we read this verse together. Do you agree with me that God's church will be more effective and there will be more churches when people are reading the Word of God together every single day? Amen, right? And so I want to encourage you guys, uh, go to Hillside Christian Fellowship's uh, Facebook page, go to hcfclassics.org. You can click on the All One Summer Challenge. You can download a PDF flyers next week, uh, but please get on board, sign up, leave your pin in the queue. It's a great opportunity to study God's Word together. Amen? Amen. Also, today is Dads and Grads Day. Um, we're going to honor our fathers, uh, and I know Pastor Dave has a great sermon uh, that is really honoring our fathers, um, but I have the opportunity this morning to honor uh, some graduates, and we have a slide that has uh, some names that have been given to me uh, about some graduates. We're honoring those who've graduated or who are moving to elementary school, uh, to middle school, those who are moving from middle school to high school, those who are moving from high school uh, maybe to college or the next phase of their lives, and to college graduates as well. So if you are a graduate from any level of schooling, could you just please stand at this moment? All right, we've got some graduates. I like it. Yeah, let's give it up for these graduates. Let's give it up. Yeah, I like that. Come see me after service. I'm going to be out at the connections table, uh, and I have a gift for you. Uh, so, so directly following service, come see me out at the uh, connections table, and I have a gift for you graduates. So graduates, please stay standing because uh, we're going to say a word of prayer for you guys. Uh, congregation, if you see a graduate standing around you, could you just extend a hand towards them uh, as we say this prayer? Dear God, uh, we thank you so much uh, for the opportunity that we have to grow uh, in our knowledge and in our learning. And God, you tell us that the fear of the Lord or knowledge of I know I've butchered that verse, but God, uh, thank you uh, 
for, for the fact that we have an opportunity to learn. Uh, God, and for those who have put in the time, uh, whether it's high school for me, uh, middle school leaving, high school, uh, God, elementary school students leaving into middle school, God, those who have graduated college, God, we just thank you for this accomplishment. God, and we pray that as they go on to the next stage of their lives, uh, God, I pray that you would bless them abundantly. God, that you would, uh, God, open doors for them that no man can shut, and you would shut doors that no man can open. God, for those high school students who are graduating and who are moving into the work world or going to college, God, I pray that you would be equipping them and preparing them even now to do the work of the ministry. God, it is a large mission field those college students are going to be working in. God, for the middle schoolers who are moving into high school, uh, God, one of the most God, we thank you for them. We thank you for their uh, accomplishment. And God, we pray you go with them. In your name we pray. Amen. Have a seat. Good to be in the house of God. Amen. Amen. I know some of you are a little alarmed seeing what time it is already. It could mean you haven't started your sermon. We have cause for alarm. covering three chapters this morning. <laughs> we normally only cover three verses, so <laughs> Genesis, Genesis chapter 35. Hey, to all the dads, happy Father's Day. Uh, all the kids, take good care of your dads today. Dan mentioned the two-hour nap. All the dads said a strong amen. Enjoy some family time together. Uh, quick reminder also, we are kicking into our summer schedule, and our summer schedule, uh, we will not be having evening services in the summer, uh, and we are also, next Sunday, we will be in the upper gym, so there will be a transition down here, they'll have safety tents set up for all of the kiddos that are in the house previously, but they're safety tents still, and so we move that to our building in the upper gym, so we'll have some safety. There will be markers in the back, so the kids learn about our baseball field. There'll be markers with them there that give them very easy access uh, towards the upper parts of the gym that are out here. Uh, so come prepared if you arrive and you realize, oh, Chris is up in the gym, just take the long hike or do a get in your car, and he'll be there for you. Great. Uh, that being said, we have been walking through the book of Genesis, and uh, we've really been going chapter by chapter and highlighting a number of different examples for us. Uh, today we have the example again of Jacob. I, I want to give a little history again for those of you who may not have been with us through the entire study, but our, as we've looked at Jacob, Jacob's one of these men who, you know, he had an undulating life of circumstances and faith and trust in God, belief in God, and uh, it kind of begins, Jacob leaves Beersheba, left his mom and dad in his precarious circumstances. If you recall the story, you see Jacob, in a deceitful kind of conniving way, he took his brother's birthright and he took his brother's blessing. And when it was time for the blessing to be bestowed, he even lied to his dad. Hey, Esau, my birthright. Well, Esau, well, it carried arms and mates and men, but Jacob still said, Are you sure? comes back, and Esau brings him to him, and his dad says, well, I've already eaten this for years, and I'm Esau, and he says, wait, I just gave the blessing to you, or have you reserved the blessing for me? And Jacob says, I'm not going to, or Isaac says, I've got my blessing, and he 
gives a word for him, and Esau in his heart determines, I am going to take my brother Jacob's life and end my dad's life. And so, Rebekah, she says to her son, you need to shoot and go to my dad's house, uh, my brother Laban's place, and uh, hide out for the night. So, Jacob kind of scurries out of town. He gets to see this father's blessing on the way out, knowing that it was Jacob who gets blessed, and he bolts and heads to see and to be at Laban's house. Uh, So, upon his journey, today's message would be Jacob's journey as the father's day education. Upon his journey, he's on his way to, to Dan Aram. And uh, it's there that in an evening, the area called Luz, Luz is Sepulveit, he finds a rock, and he uses it as his pillow. Because as he was leaving, he really escaped his living companion. So he has a rock for a pillow, and that night he has a dream. And in his dream, he sees a ladder or a staircase extended from earth to heaven. God ascending and descending on a ladder. And God speaks to him there in that place where he had animals with him and donkeys with him. And uh, he awakes and he says, surely this is the house of God. This is the gateway to heaven. God is here and I was unaware of that. So amazing declaration of statement also. How often is this place? There is none other. There is none other than the house of God. How often is this place? So, he journeys from Bethel, and he's on his way to Laban's place. He comes to the well, and there he meets the shepherd. He's wondering why these cats are hanging out at the well. It's early in the day. He's like, you know, hey, the shepherd seems to be out in the field feeding the sheep. What's wrong with you? They said, well, we've come to water, and we can't water until the rest of them come here because the rock is too big, and we need to Give it, etc. And uh, so he asks and inquires a few things about uh, Laban, and they say, yes, we know Laban, and in fact, here comes his daughter, the shepherdess, uh, Rachel. And this is who takes him. He says, before he goes, he goes back to Laban's place. Uh, there he makes his arrangements. He works for seven years for Laban for his daughter's hand in marriage. Scripture tells us it seemed like it was no time to pass at all because of his love for Rachel. And so seven years passes for his wedding ceremony, and uh, lo and behold, uh, there's the old switcheroo on the night that uh, Leah, Rachel's older daughter of Laban, uh, shows up with Rachel. That's not a good deal. And so he goes to Laban, and Laban says, well, I've come from the seven to sow. So he says, work another seven years, and I'll give you the hand of Rachel as well, and so he does. And it is through Rachel and Leah and their two concubines that uh, he's sires or fathers 11 sons and daughters. So a little later in the story of Jacob's journey, after the 14 years, he makes an arrangement to stay a little longer for approximately 16 years, and he is going to get Asher of herds and shepherds. So uh, he's uh, finally at the place, 20 years has passed, and God speaks to him again and calls him back to his father's house. So he realizes that Laban is not super excited about how profitable he's become in this past six years, and he's concerned that if he departs, Laban is not going to let him go. So while Laban is away, He talks to his two wives and he says, hey, your dad's countenance has changed towards me and this is a bad situation. And they said, yeah, dad spent all of our dowry up anyway. We've got no inheritance. Let's bolt. And so they bolt and they head out. And after three days, Laban comes home and he says, hey, where'd everybody go? And the truth, after seven days, Laban wakes up. So God had given Laban a message not to say anything to him. 
good nor bad from the news and the history of God's children. And so I shared a message a couple weeks ago that Jacob means to be a rock in a hard place. He had Laban behind him, and he had Esau coming towards him. We discovered that as he was on his way to meet Esau, that Esau was also on his way to revenge. He was no longer 400 squared feet. And so here Jacob is terrified for his life. And it's there in chapter 32 that he divides his family into two companies, and he leaves them and crosses over the Jabbok tributaries. Now, we heard these messages the last two weeks as we've been with us in relationship to this whole scenario, but it is there when he's standing on the other side. The scripture says he was all alone, and a man left the scripture and said, you need a husband and a father, and God himself spoke second person to Jesus, and Jesus was Jesus Christ. And so we see in that chapter a message from two weeks ago. Jacob makes requisition. In prayer, he recalls God's word to him, and that was where he stood in the promises of God, believing God was not a man of flesh. He recalls God's word to him. He reviews God's word for him, and he admits that's the only truth. And then last week, we were going to have a message that was Jehovah's snake response. So Jacob heard the quest, Jehovah snake response. God reveals himself as the man. God restrains him, Jacob, in the wrestling match. And God renames him. That is a changed physically. God dislocates even one of his ribs. And so it brings us up to speed kind of in our journey in chapter 32. Um, He leaves Esau for Joseph, this warm welcome. Esau receives the gift, this this statement of covenant friendship. Um, And so Jacob goes out to leave. It's interesting to note that this is where we pick up in today's text. Three exhortations to dads. Three exhortations to fathers. Really three exhortations to husbandship in general. So, we pick up. And here's the first thought is dads lead. Dads lead with a heavenly way of reminder, this world is not ours. This world is not ours. The scripture says, as followers of Christ, we are seated with Christ Jesus in heavenly places. Our citizenship, Paul writes to the church in Philippi, is in heaven. Our citizenship is in heaven. That is our home. So, what's the story, and what's the little tidbit, subtle reminder in Jacob's journey? Chapter 32 says this. Jacob built a house in Shechem. Now, he's on his way to his dad's It is, it is one of the Jewish feasts, the Feast of Shechem, the Feast of Tabernacles, the Feast of Booths. And Sukkot means city of tents. Jacob building a house in the city of tents. Now, interestingly enough, we're told in the book of Hebrews in the 11th chapter that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob lived in tents because they were looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. They were living as sojourners, aliens. We're just passing through. Now, gang, that is a picture for you and I. This is in housing today. It's not about housing in this 
not walking by sight. grace of God which brings salvation is appeared to all men. Where it means that it brings salvation is that it's that, that explains the godliness of Christ. Who deny you ungodliness and worldly lusts. We should live soberly. We should live in our righteousness. We should not be assured into a frenzy with those things that we see that arise. He's not necessarily talking about sobriety in terms of alcohol. We should be sober when we're looking at things. We should be in our right mind, not with lust or more. Does that make sense? <laughs> he says, live soberly, righteously, and godly in this blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that what? He might redeem us from every lawless deed. So Jesus is in the process of redeeming us from lawless deeds. That's what today's about. And purify for himself. Who were once destitute but now obtained mercy for us. And dads, it's a challenge for you and I to lead this way because it is absolutely countercultural. Absolutely countercultural. Finally, he says, put put on new garments, like Paul says, put put off the old man. Right? Paul says, there's nothing left to look forward to. That you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, that you might put on the new man, which is created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Holiness, love, holiness. So, Exhortations and they're heavy. They're heavy. said to his household, to all who were with him, put away the foreign gods that are idolatry, that are among you. Purify yourselves and be holy. Dads, anybody here that is hurting? I want you to immediately live this way. Heavenly minded, but not so heavenly minded that we're no earthly good. We just want to point Jesus to Jesus. Amen? Okay? Hardy passion. Let's not push our senses towards worldliness, but let's live zealously for the things of the Lord. out there. So, dads, I got some tools up here. I got all kinds of tools up here. I got 
I got some persuasion here. I got some. If you're misbehaving, bend over. No. It, <laughs> there's, a, there's a yardstick for measuring and for discipline as a good diet. I got a tape measure or two. It's for measuring. I have a level that has a ruler on it for measuring. Also checks to see if I'm in balance on the level. I got a square. Checks things. Got a little level down here for measuring. It's got a ruler on it too. I even have bags of shins. How many of you know you need a bag of shins? If you've been to any restaurant like Sherry's or Denny's, you know you need to have a few of these in your wallet to keep the table from rocking. Okay, but you might need some shins to be a reminder to you to get on the level with the Word of God. All right, wait, I got more toys in here, guys. Oh, I got squares. Wait, oh, I got some cool ones down here. Look at this. I have a, I have, I have a snap, just straight line snapper. Cliff, you know what this is, don't you? This is a necessary tool. Listen, if you don't have a plumb line in your toolbox, even this will act as a plumb line. You can actually hold it up, and it's in that teardrop shape. It'll create a weight, and you can get a straight line. It becomes a plumb. How many of you know that the prophet calls the Word of God the plumb line? And we need to measure our lives up to the plumb line. Does that make sense? Am I doing it God's way? I'm doing it my way. I'm worldly about this. Am I getting worldly wisdom, or am I getting heavenly wisdom? Plumb line. I even have, now this is one of those tools, like if you want to build a fence in your yard and you want to get it paid by the puppy, you've got to have one of these. It hangs on a vine, tells you the vine is flattened or it's not. And i got another small square here. Here's what I want to do. We're going to close in a word of prayer, and then I'm going to invite all the dads. You can just, I'm going to pour the tools out on you. You guys, I want you to just take one. Just take one. I don't know how many bags of sand there are. But you can, but you got to choose which one you want to take. And it'll be a reminder to you. Amen? Amen. Let's have everybody stand. All the dads are going to come up. But let's, uh, we're going to pray. Is that my next presentation? And then we're going to be freed up. To, if you want to stay and help us tear down, you can. No evening service tonight. And then you're going to be released to have some Father's Day food. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for your reminders in your word. You're in the New Testament, we're reminded by the Apostle Paul under the inspiration of the Spirit of God who said, these things happened. Old Testament. These things happened. They're not, they're not allegories. They're not fictions. They happened. Historical records. And they were written down for us to admonish us. being admonished. We are being exhorted both what not to do and what to do. Lord, will you help us? Help all the fathers and help every person here to be admonished and exhorted by this portion that you have laid out for us. Way back in Bethlehem, where they stopped and picked up the child in Bethlehem Lord, we want to be rightly related to you. So you have exhorted us and we can put away idolatry to purify ourselves. Lord, we thank you for your us today. May we have the benefit of your spirit. Love you, we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Amen. All right, men, you guys come on up here.
gifts for the man. 